I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline Addington. And today we are talking about motivation and discipline. And don't worry, it's going to be super fun. It's not going to be heavy and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. So this is another crowdsourced episode. You guys have been so bomb at sending like cool questions in the DMs on Instagram. So thank you. I love you. And it's been so much fun creating episodes to respond to your DM questions. So the question that I got on the Instagram in the DMs was this. What is something you use to motivate yourself when you don't want to work out? And I was like, I have so much to say about this, way more than I can fit into some voice notes on Instagram. So I'm going to record a whole podcast episode. (laughs) So um, that's what this episode is about. It's it's awesome. It goes down the rabbit hole. So here's what we talk about. We talk about kind of debunking. We do a little bit of debunking first. The um, axiom love this word, happy to get to use it twice in the podcast today, the axiom that's out in the world of fitness motivation or just like goal pursuit motivation in general out in the world is, you know, to not rely on motivation and instead rely on discipline. We're going to kind of debunk that a little bit. We're going to debunk it and we're going to like go down the rabbit hole and it's going to be super fun. And then we talk about uh, how all of us as humans are generally motivated by a blend of extrinsic motivational factors and intrinsic motivational factors. But then we go deep down the rabbit hole of cultivating intrinsic motivation for the challenges of life broadly. Because that is like the hack, if you will. <laughs> is And it's not so much a hack as just like, if we can increase our baseline intrinsic motivation for facing the challenges of life, broadly speaking, then it's game on. And then it's kind of a a positive feedback loop where we are generally more motivated to just tackle anything, regardless of our emotional state or whether or not we slept enough or whether or not we have caffeine in us and all the things. So... We talk about what the ingredients of intrinsic motivation are. We talk about self-determination theory, uh, which was developed in the 80s. We go down that rabbit hole. We talk about the three psychological needs of self-determination, what they are, why they're important. And then we talk about how physical challenge and working out, I share my personal experience with physical challenge and working out as a way to meet these three psychological needs on the daily, on the reg. So that we're tending to our uh, sense of being capable all the time. So that that is always high and we can always, not always, I mean, life is life, but like more often than not, our sense of being capable, our sense of self-determination is really high and that creates a life full of intrinsic motivation for rising to challenges, broadly speaking. And then we riff a little bit on like some other cool benefits of just having a high baseline of intrinsic motivation, like flow state, which is really cool. And then we wrap it up talking about how movement and physical challenges um, on the reg 
can be tools that we use to increase our intrinsic motivation across the board. So it's a really cool episode. I'm biased because I recorded this motherfucker, but I think it's great. I hope you think it's great. I hope you take a lot of really good stuff away from it. It has been so cool to hear from you guys on the Insta and in the emails about how you've been loving these last few podcast episodes. It means so much. I'm so hyped to know that you're taking so much away from these episodes. So I hope that this one helps you just as much as last week. And I love you so much and keep doing awesome stuff and being really cool. And I'll see you in the episode. Alrighty. Motivation, discipline, the things. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's do it. Also, my allergies are going gangbusters today. So if I sound like a nasal frog, I I, I hope it's entertaining. (laughs) I at least hope that if I sound like I've, like my nostrils are clogged up because they are, I hope that that's entertaining, you know, and not annoying. (laughs) Like, I don't know. What was her name from um, The Nanny, who had like the super nasal voice, but it was like entertaining. But sometimes it was noxious, but mostly it was entertaining. I hope I'm like that for you today as we talk about motivation and discipline. All right. Also, like, wow, what a re- like, what a throwback show reference. <laughs> Does anyone, did anyone else ever watch The Nanny when they were a child? Maybe, maybe not. I'm definitely giving myself away as being in my 30s. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about the things. So when I sat down to outline this episode, the very first thing that came to mind was this axiom in the world of, you know, popular psychology, uh, which is to not rely on motivation, but instead rely on discipline. I had the mental image of like, God bless him, the like entrepreneurial bro that wakes up at 5 a.m. and has like this epic morning routine and blah, 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 and posts all this, you know, intense motivational stuff on Instagram that says, don't rely on motivation, rely on discipline. You know, like that was the image that I had in my head. God bless him. If that works for him, amen. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) Do what you got to do, broski. But um, when I was thinking about motivation and discipline, I was asking myself, like, that axiom to not rely on motivation but rely on discipline, is that actually true? And I'm going to say something that maybe not everyone will agree with, but I don't think it's actually true. I think that discipline is just a different kind of motivation. It's just a motivation to do something that is uh, more intrinsic like the the motivation is more intrinsic and it's more process dependent instead of outcome dependent. And by that, I mean, you know, uh, and well, we'll get into it, but <laughs> you know, if, if, yeah, if, if the example is like, I don't know, writing a book, I feel like that's a really easy example, writing a book or whatever, um, Rather than like an an outcome-oriented goal would be to finish a chapter or finish a page or whatever. A process-oriented goal would be more like to just 
open the Word doc and write it for 15 minutes a day or whatever. So, and I'm sure that you've probably heard these, you know, heard heard about process versus outcome oriented goals before. We're not going to get into that much in this episode, but I bring it up now because I think that this idea of discipline is really less of, like it still requires motivation. It's just that the motivation comes from a different place and is aimed at a different quote unquote result that is more identity-based and process-based. Like identity-based, an example of that would be like, I am a person who writes daily, or I'm a person who even deeper than that, if this human is trying to write a book or whatever, maybe they want to identify as someone who, you know, moves towards their goals consistently or something. So because they're like, I'm a person who moves towards my goals consistently, they feel a sense of motivation to open the Word doc and write for 15 minutes a day because that creates immediate evidence for them that they are that kind of person. So that's what I mean when I say like identity, identity-based results, you know? So all that's to say, I know I just like word vomited a lot. I'm highly caffeinated. I'm allergies and highly caffeinated today. So it's an interesting combination. We'll see what comes out. I don't know. You get to find out with me. <laughs> it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> but... um. I I bring all that up to say that I don't believe personally, based on, you know, my unique view of the world, so take it with a grain of salt, but I don't believe personally that there is such a thing as like pure quote unquote discipline that is totally detached from motivation. Because even if we're not feeling, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed to get to the gym or to do anything else in life for that matter there's still a possibility for a deeper form of motivation to be present. You don't have, like conditions don't have to be perfect in, in order for us to feel motivated by these deeper factors. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a long-winded way of saying that's the bulk of this episode. <laughs> and you've probably heard of intrinsic motivation before, this idea of um, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, we're going to dig deep. You can't see me right now. I'm doing weird things with my hands. I I wish you could see me. I should start taking video of the podcast, but then I would have to not look like a ragamuffin. And right now I look like a ragamuffin in a fuzzy music festival vest because it's cozy. <laughs> so I like looking like a ragamuffin when I record podcasts. So I can't promise that there will ever be a video of this moment, but it's kind of too bad because I do a lot of shit with my hands while I'm recording these. Anyway, um, we're going to dig deep into intrinsic motivation and this idea of self-determination theory. And then we're going to draw some parallels between all of that and working out and finding the motivation to work out and how, how we can, um, yeah, yeah, I'll get into it when I get there. I was about to like blow my load too early, but I'm not going to do that because then the podcast will be three hours. So we'll get there when we get there. I'm going to draw some parallels 
between intrinsic motivation and self-determination theory, between that and working out. And then um, we're going to go a little bit into how we can use movement and physical challenge. I I use the phrase working out, like I talked about in the last podcast, but it's just like physical challenge, right? Whatever that means to you. So how we can use movement and working out to help cultivate these, this sense of self-determination, um, which when I think about quote unquote discipline, I think self-determination and, and you might be like, what the fuck self-determination? Great question. We're going to get into it. Don't worry. Um, but that's the flow. That's the order of the day. That's the flow of events in today's podcast, getting deep down into intrinsic motivation and self-determination theory drawing a parallel between that and working out, and then talking about how we can use movement and working out to cultivate self-determination and creating our own intrinsic motivation and discipline, if you want to call it discipline. Okie dokie. Oh, wait. Okay, there's one more thing we're going to talk about before we get into all that. I'm just going to talk about it now, real fast. <laughs> Which is, um, so a little bit of backstory behind this podcast. I was talking with a beautiful human in the DMs, which is what I mentioned earlier. That's what sparked this podcast because there was more to say than I could send in a few voice notes on Instagram. I was like, bitch, I could talk for an hour about this. <laughs> so um, hence the podcast was born. But one of the things um, that they shared in the DMs was, um, you know, seeing pictures of themselves from the past and that that was like lit a fire to get back into the gym, you know, because maybe like the body was in a different state in the past than it is now. And we were talking back and forth about this. And I know that this is something that's super common, dude, especially for moms, I mean, yo, your body went through a massive transformation, giving birth to a whole brand new human, which is fucking insane and incredible and awesome. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Uh, But I know it's a super common thing for moms to like, feel like, oh, and now my body is like very different (laughs) and feeling motivated maybe by like pre-baby body. You know what I mean? And, or, ooh, another example based on the DM conversation that we were having is like bikini body, which is like such a common phrase, which by the way, I'm a huge believer that all you need for a bikini body is a body and a bikini, <laughs> and then smash them together and voila, you have a bikini body. <laughs> but that is a, such a common thing to get in, quote unquote, get in shape for bikini season. I'm doing a lot of air quotes. I know you can't see it. All of these, these types of motivational tools um, are considered extrinsic motivation. And a lot of the data out in the world of motivation and motivation psychology, it, it all points towards a, most people having a blend of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation when they're moving towards something. In last week's podcast, I talked about when I first started lifting heavy, 1000% part of it was like, oh, I wonder if I can get rid of the cellulite on the back of my legs. But then 
after about a month, intrinsic motivation and joy for these deeper parts of the process really took over and, you know, took center stage. So we all have a blend of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation factors. What I would encourage to play with, if it feels good, is exploring, like, the other side of the spectrum. You know what I mean? If if we're exclusively on the extrinsic motivation side of the spectrum, that can burn out really quickly. And once bikini season comes and goes, then what's the motivating factor? Or once the pre-baby body is reached, then what's the motivating factor to keep going, you know? Um, so if it's exclusively on the extrinsic motivation side of the spectrum, playing with everything that we're going to be talking about today to go dig around in the intrinsic side of things. Um, and the other flip side of the coin is there's no guilt or shame in having extrinsic motivating factors as a part of what moves us forward. It's super normal. It's totally normal human psychology <laughs> and an effective and, and important ingredient in goal pursuit and motivational behavior. So that feels important to say too, is uh, if that's there, there's no need to shame or, or feel guilty about it or whatever, whatever, you know, like, cause I'm going to be really singing the praises of intrinsic motivation and self-determination for the rest of this podcast episode, but only because that is often the one that we don't see in the world of marketing. And we don't see in the world of Fitzbo content. You know, we see a lot more external and, and extrinsic motivation, like get ready for bikini season or whatever. <laughs> Eight week fat burning boot camp kind of vibes, you know? So I'm going to be, you know, trying to kind of tip the scales in the direction of intrinsic motivation just because so much of the marketing is focused on the other side of the spectrum. But I did want to say before I go down that rabbit hole that as humans, we we pull from both intrinsic and extrinsic to help us move forward on our journey and on our path towards our goals, whatever they may be. Cool. Okay. So first things first, what is intrinsic motivation and what are the ingredients of it? And what is self-determination theory? So what is intrinsic motivation? Um, it's, it's very similar to what we were talking about last week. And I, I would say last week is actually a really good example of some of the intrinsic motivators to work out, which is, um, some of this stuff that's like enjoying it for its own sake. In last week's episode, I shared the mantra, quote unquote, this is the good part when we're at the peak of, peak of shit mountain and everything is like, oh my God, this is so painful. It's so hard. And we remind ourselves, this is the good part. That over time helps us to enjoy the challenge for its own sake and enjoying a challenge or enjoying a process for its own sake is, is the textbook definition of intrinsic motivation. We're doing it just because we like it, just because we enjoy it. One of the um, big drivers of intrinsic motivation is self-determination. And 
Self-determination theory was developed back in the 80s by doctors Edward Deci, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, D-E-C-I. If I'm not, let me know. <laughs> um, but doctors Edward Deci and Richard Ryan, both affiliated with the University of Rochester. Dr. Ryan is also affiliated with the Australian Catholic University, which, what a great university name. I mean, I don't know. Now, it makes me so curious, like, what kind of research do they do there? Who the fuck knows? Apparently, motivational psychology research. Who knew? Anyway, they are like the fathers of self-determination theory and have been insanely uh, influential in motivational psychology. Like, their original paper on self-determination theory that I think it was published in like 1985 has tens of thousands of citations. That is, they're basically like the Oprah of self-determination and intrinsic motivation. <laughs> like, like that is, that is insane. I, I have never seen a paper cited that much. When I was like digging around in this, I was like, Jesus Christ, that is a fuck ton of citations. Like that is more citations than I have ever seen. So needless to say, um, they're rock stars, <laughs> apparently, in the field of motivational psychology. So what is the concept of self-determination? I'm going to uh, read verbatim. If you just Google self-determination, what do you get? You get this. It's the process by which someone controls their own life. The process by which someone controls their own life. Which is dope. And there are three quote unquote psychological needs that we that each of us as humans have and this is part of um the work of Desi and Ryan is identifying these psychological needs and when these needs are met we have a strong sense of self-determination meaning that we feel very capable to be the author of our own life to have a sense of agency in our own life, we have really high self-determination. So these needs, these psychological needs, all of this is related to intrinsic motivation. Don't worry, we're going to come back to it. It's all going to make sense soon. Hopefully it's fascinating in and of itself. Okay, so these three th psychological needs, autonomy, aka having a sense of control over one's life. Number two, competence, feeling capable and competent. And number three, relatedness, which I think is fascinating. That one to me is like the most vague, but it deals with feeling socially supported in our pursuits and our endeavors. So autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And our performance, our motivation, our sense of well-being in the context of pursuing any goal in life is strongly correlated with meeting these three needs and, and therefore having a sense of a high sense of self-determination. So let me say that sentence again in another way to help it like land. You ready? Having a high sense of self-determination increases our performance, our motivation, and our well-being in the pursuit of a goal. Cool. So Needless to say, we should figure out how to fuck how the fuck to meet these needs. Seems pretty important. <laughs> right? <laughs> because the cool thing is that 
it's not like self-determination is contained to one area of life or one specific goal pursuit, you know? Like, when we increase our self-determination in the pursuit of one goal, it has a widespread, widespread effect in our lives. And the converse is also true. So let's talk through some examples because I know for fucking sure I've experienced this and I would imagine you have too. <laughs> um, say, for example, you are, I don't know, doing really well at work. You're getting great feedback at your job. You like the people that you're with. You have a sense of like camaraderie with the people that you work with. Everyone's like, oh my God, you're crushing it. And you feel like you have, like you're not getting micromanaged, you know? Like you feel like you have a sense of agency over and like direction. Like you're able to kind of control and direct and have autonomy in your work environment. So work is going great. You're smashing milestones. It feels awesome. I'm going to guess that that's going to bleed over into the rest of life. There's going to be higher confidence in social settings, in the pursuit of other goals that you might have versus the flip side, right? So say that like the opposite is true. Say that you have a boss that is micromanaging the shit out of you and is only ever telling you what you're doing wrong and and the ways that you're fucking up and everybody at the job is miserable, nobody wants to be there, and nobody like talks to each other or supports one another, and it's just like a mess. And you hate being there, (laughs) right? So like that sounds terrible, (laughs) and that wears on us, right? So then that's going to have a negative impact in every other area of life. There's going to be more of, presumably, there's going to be more of like an Eeyore effect, you know, like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. What's the point? Or like the sad uh, robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you get that reference, I love you so much. If you don't, I still love you so much, but I fucking love that movie and that book. It's so good. There's a sad robot that's just like, what's the point? That that kind of vibe, right? So if that's our work life, because like if you're working a nine to five, you're that's a lot of life. You know what I mean? So if that much of life has kind of the Eeyore or the sad robot from Hitchhiker's Guide vibe, that's going to impact the rest of life. So in the first example, those were the conditions to cultivate high self-determination. And the second example were conditions to kind of deteriorate self-determination. And it's widespread. So, this leads us to the next part. Let me take a breath. I feel like I'm talking really fast. I'm, I'm caffeinated, man, and excited. I like talking about this shit. And I like coffee. So, you know, this is what happens. Okay. <laughs> so, let's draw some parallels between this and working out. And as we're doing so, I'm going to I'm going to walk through these three psychological needs: autonomy, competency, and relatedness. And I'm going to walk through I'm going to use my own personal experience because I when I was outlining this show, 
I was like, well, how did these three things, how did these three needs get met in my own journey with fitness and with lifting? And I just brain dumped the ways that I was like, oh yeah, like that's exactly how autonomy got built up. That's exactly how competency got built up and relatedness got built up. So I'm going to share through the lens of my own experience. Obviously, this is one perspective of a gabillion, but that's how I'm sharing it. <laughs> and, um, and at the end, we're going to bring it back around to intrinsic motivation. It's coming back around to motivation. I promise. Just bear with me. So a little bit of personal story time. When I started lifting heavy stuff, I told you guys previously that my mental health was in like a funky place, a funky place. Um, I was feeling, this may sound weird to say, but I was feeling kind of powerless within the context of my own life. Um, when I was in the sciences, there were so many opportunities for wins. I would complete an experiment and even if the data was negative, as long as the experiment was done correctly, it was a win because that was still valuable information. And I, you know, I had, I had a, a lot of um, structured wins when I was in the science life and it was very easy to have a winning streak in that chapter of my life. And then I started building business things. For anyone who has taken a crack at building business things, you know that that is not the case, at especially at first. We have to construct our own wins. <laughs> um, but I most certainly was really hard on myself and would often set myself up for losses without even realizing that that's what I was doing. And a human psyche doesn't love losing over and over and over again, you know? So um, that over time, I think it kind of took a toll. And there's been like so many things since I took space away from social media and really like went back to basics, like I was talking about a couple of episodes. There've been so many things that I realized like, whoa, whoa, man, dude, what were you doing to yourself? <laughs> that like when you're in it, or at least when I was in it, I didn't realize. Um, so there's lots of, you know, new understanding of self as as we do, as we keep moving along in life, as it happens, keep learning more and more about ourselves. But that was one of the many, many things that I learned was like, oh, I, I've been setting myself up to lose over and over and over again, even if it was a win in the eyes of the outside world or on paper, in my psyche, I'd been continuously setting myself up to lose. And what happened over time was that that lowered my self-determination. I didn't know that that was what was happening at the time. I didn't even know about self-determination at the time, but that's what happened. Because essentially, these three big psychological needs for autonomy, competency, and relatedness were not being met within my own psyche. 
So it created a sense of powerlessness and like self-perceived failure that had sweeping effects in my life. So when I started getting into lifting, without even realizing it, it was building up bit by bit, block by block, session by session, workout by workout, these three building blocks of self-determination. And so sure enough, after about two or three months of lifting, I was like, wow, what the hell? I feel capable and confident again like I haven't since I was in the sciences. What the fuck? Cool. (laughs) And um, after, you know, kind of digging into the literature, I realized it's because, in part, it's because these three psychological needs were getting built back up. So I want to talk through how each of these needs can be met by working out in physical challenge, if that is like an arena of life that you want to explore and that you enjoy playing with. Again, through my personal lens of experience, one of gabillion, so take it with a grain of salt, but this was my experience of having these get built back up. So first up, autonomy. Again, having a sense of agency and control over one's life. So we, realistically, we don't have control over our lives. (laughs) I mean, we do in in that we have control over how we respond and react to our lives and to the things that happen, but we don't have control over whether or not we're going to get in a car wreck tomorrow or our loved ones are going to get in a car wreck tomorrow or the apocalypse is going to start or what the fuck ever. Cryptocurrency becomes the new like currency and there's nothing else. Who the fuck knows? You know, like we don't have control over any of that. And so life is like, you know, there's this element of like chaos in life. Like life is inherently chaotic. There's lots of messy variables. And realistically, we don't have control over every aspect of our life. We do have control over how we respond and react to it. So there's that, but life is messy. And one of the things that is so beautiful, I think, about body recomposition and like movement and physical challenge, when I say body recomposition, that just refers to changing the percentages of our body weight that is lean muscle and fat. We can't really change our organs, (laughs) but, but we can tinker with like, how much of us is muscle and how much of us is fat. And there's a pretty straightforward equation for that. Like the variables are not completely controlled like they would be in a lab, but compared to every other goal in life that I have ever played with pursuing, it is the most clean cut, like cut and dry, straightforward formula that I've ever encountered. (laughs) And this, when I first started doing it and I first, first started lifting and kind of learning more about body recomposition and exploring this, it was so, it was such a relief to simply, to have something simple. And I, I recognize when I say that, that there is a lot of like psychological stuff that goes into it and it's, it's not always easy, right? But like compared to 
other goals in life that have a lot more unpredictable variables and messy variables. You know, when it comes to, say, for example, building muscle, all you, all you really need is to hit the muscle enough times a week in a certain rep range, make it progressively harder, eat enough calories, eat enough protein. Muscle will, muscle will appear in two to three months. You know, <laughs> like it's, that's, it's that straightforward. And it's just a matter of doing the thing, doing the thing, doing the thing over and over again every day. So, well, not every day you need rest days, but you know what I mean? Consistency. So knowing that muscle gain, cause that was how I got started was this like relatively straightforward equation it gave me control over something that was more straightforward and simple and quote unquote well controlled than anything else in life. And a relatively short turnaround time, three months as opposed to three years, you know, building a business is this like long haul with lots of unpredictable variables. Whereas this is like two to three months, very few variables. And that created a sense of autonomy where it's like, yeah, we don't have control over life. Life is chaotic. The variables are hairy, but this, the variables are clear cut. And all you have to do is show up to the process and do the thing. And it created a sense of like, I have control over something. I may not have control over everything, but I can have control over something and start to rebuild this sense of autonomy which has since translated to everything else, like I was talking about earlier. For another, a great example of that, deciding to, you know, create dorky reels. The first week I did it, the views were shit. But I was like, you know what? This autonomy piece is built back up. I'm not a victim to the algorithm. I can get in there, I can look at my analytics, track what worked, track what didn't, what time of day was good, was it trending audio? Was it when I showed my face? Like, what were the variables that da 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 And this week, three reels kind of popped off. Going to do it again and iterate. And, and so it's this feeling of autonomy in relationship, in this case, to the Instagram algorithm, where it's, it's not like some magical unicorn thing to go viral. It can be reverse engineered. So... The super straightforward formulas for muscle gain and fat loss, for lack of better words, was so helpful because even though the rest of life is messy, there's a bubble that is relatively straightforward and well-controlled with a short turnaround time, and it can be used to build, rebuild this autonomy and like meet this psychological need of autonomy, and that can then have widespread effects. The second psychological need, competency. So when you're first starting out, it's awkward. It's awkward. Everyone's awkward, you know, flopping around like a fish. <laughs> it is what it is. But if you stick with it consistently for even just a few weeks, you can start to pick up heavier and heavier weights. Your form gets better. So long as you're, you know, trying to have good form, your form will get better. 
You can do things that maybe you couldn't do before. The skill development starts to take hold. And there's a sense of like competency and progress with that, you know, where it's like, ah, I didn't know how to do a deadlift. Now I do. I didn't know how to do a hip thrust. Now I do. I didn't know how to perfect my squat form. Now I do. I couldn't pick up the 20 pound dumbbells. Now I can. I couldn't pick up the 30 pound dumbbells. Now I can. I couldn't go use the barbells. Now I can. And that progressive skill development rebuilds this sense of competency in this one arena, which again, translates everywhere because it's meeting that physiological, uh, psychological need, but it's also shaping our identity. That's one thing that feels really important about this self-determination bit is that it's shaping our identity into someone who is capable across the board. And to link that back to intrinsic motivation, when we feel capable, we're more motivated. And we want to continue to reinforce this identity of feeling capable. And and that in and of itself is motivation to go do the thing. It's this like positive feedback loop, right? Like increase, like meeting this psychological need of competency through just continuing to go to the gym and try and pick up heavier weights and figure it out and the form gets better. Or, you know, work with someone or work, work with a trainer, work with something to like, be like, oh, okay, I, like have the skills. I'm going to do some podcasts coming up to teach the skills so that you feel like you have the skills. So don't worry. Listen to the podcasts, develop the competency. <laughs> but that then helps us feel capable. And when we feel capable, that changes us at the level of identity where we then identify as a capable person, which creates more motivation to do the things because we now identify as a capable person and we want to reinforce that identity. You're picking up what I'm laying down and by getting out there, doing the things, getting out of bed, drinking enough water, getting enough sunshine, going to the gym, whatever it is, that reinforces this identity, I am capable, I am capable. Cool. And there's something to be said. I, I mentioned this in a previous podcast. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but there's something to be said about like, you know, going to the gym, doing hard stuff. Even if it's not hard for like the 300 pound beefy dude next to you, but it's hard for you. Like who fucking cares? You know, it's like, it's hard for, it's hard for me in this moment and I'm doing it and like, rah, you know, that again also creates, like reinforces the sense of, of competency where it's like, if I can do this, I can do other hard shit too. It's a widespread sense of competency that gets created from overcoming hard things. And like we were talking about in last week's episode, that's kind of like the toolkit for the overcoming part. And this is like, I guess, a conversation around how to motivate ourselves to get into it and like keep the wheel going once we've got the wheel turning, if that makes sense. And then relatedness. So again, that social, that feeling of being socially supported in our endeavor. When I was reflecting on this one, at first I was like, man, I wish I had a better answer for this one because I, I, I didn't share it with a lot of the IRL people in my life. I shared it with Jake, obviously, that I was like going down this rabbit hole of heavy lifting, but I didn't really share it with a bunch of people because it was this like 
sacred thing for me. So there wasn't a like I, I didn't have a sense of like a, a community rallying around, you know. But when I really stopped to think about it, I was like, to be honest, social like my answer to this relatedness reflection would be social media, which is kind of cool. <laughs> and kind of surprised me, but seriously, like the women who lift and share their journey online, they're fucking rad. And it's an inspiring group of humans that, at least for me, helped me feel like I was a part of a community of badass women, you know, that I was a part of a community of uh, women that, that shared my value set, at least part of my value set, maybe not 100%, but part of my value set. And that was an incredibly valuable part of the experience to see like, ah, there's a bad bitch lifting heavy stuff. There's a bad bitch doing cool shit on the internet, you know? Um, So I think that that's like, at first when I was reflecting on relatedness, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I have a good answer for it. But as I was reflecting on it, I was like, actually, like, yeah. (laughs) And now... Like, as that piece has continued to be built up, and as I've continued, like, that piece of the puzzle and that psychological need has continued to get built up and be met, because the longer I'm at the gym, the more friends I make there. And the more, like, people who are there at the same time I'm there, and, you know, we connect and have cool conversations and are like-minded people. So... I think that that actually, it was a slow puzzle piece to come on board, but the more it gets cultivated and built up, the stronger the sense of self-determination becomes. So, cool. Autonomy, competency, and relatedness. And this is just my personal experience of how these three needs have been met through going to the gym. So we kind of went down this whole rabbit hole of self-determination. And just to recap, these three psychological needs, when they are met, we have a high sense of self-determination, meaning that we feel inherently capable of controlling our destiny to some degree, that we feel that we have a sense of agency in our lives, that we can author our own lives. And when we have a high sense of self-determination, or rather I should say, according to the research, people who have a high sense of self-determination are broadly more intrinsically motivated. I'm going to say it again. According to the data and the research, people who have a high sense of self-determination are broadly more intrinsically motivated. To kind of break this down into like common English, (laughs) it makes sense. When we feel capable, we enjoy challenges more (laughs) because we're like, bring it on. I can do it. It makes, it makes sense. I said it in like academic speak to be like correct, to get it technically correct. But like human speak, to me, it makes fucking sense that when we feel capable of rising to challenges... We enjoy challenges more. And I think that 
going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, like not relying on motivation, relying on discipline. There's, you know, we can like use discipline as a self-punishment if we wanted to. I know for sure in my life I have definitely done that where it was like, I'm doing this because I have to. And it was like a form of self-punishment. But I like to think that this picture that we've been painting around meeting these three psychological needs so that we can build up our self-determination so that we are broadly, intrinsically motivated to take on challenges in our life is a much more joyful approach to discipline <laughs> because it's when we feel capable, challenges are fun. You know what I mean? When we feel like we can take things on, then it's it's fun to take things on. <laughs> and it gets to be a joyful endeavor to dive into, you know, hard things and go ham. When we have a practice that allows us to keep our self-determination high, whether that is yoga or ice plunges, fuck, I love a good ice plunge, oh my God, or if it is working out and lifting heavy, whatever it is, when we have a, a practice that takes care of, of these psychological needs for us so that they remain met, like these needs remain met daily or at least close to daily. And we're able to care for our self-determination so that it stays high. The world is our oyster. <laughs> you feel empowered to go do things. And if you fail at them, it's okay. Like it, it doesn't get counted as an L so strongly, right? Because we're our, at least in, personally, I know that when I go to the gym, every single set that I knock out is a win. So before the day even gets going, there's already a whole, like the, the win bank is already chock full and I can take a hit throughout the day but it doesn't diminish that sense of self-determination. And that to me feels like a much more joyful approach to discipline. And that kind of, go, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's just a different kind of motivation. It's keeping this self-determination high so that we're broadly intrinsically motivated and we enjoy the process of entering into and overcoming challenges, facing challenges. The other cool thing about intrinsic motivation, aside from performance, um, I thought that this part was like really cool and really fascinating. It's also, I think it's from Desi. It's one from one of the one of the Godfathers. Excuse me. It was published by Richard Ryan. Um, so there was a whole paper that I I geeked out on, and we're already up there in the minutes on this podcast. So I won't go all the way down this rabbit hole, but if you want me to in another podcast, let me know and I will happily do that. On like, the paper was really, it was basically about, okay, I'm going to use fancy words and then I'm going to break it down. It was about the neural correlates of intrinsic motivation, which just means like what's going on in the brain when we are intrinsically motivated, you know? Is dopamine involved? What are the neural circuits that are involved? What's going on in the brain when we are intrinsically motivated? One of the cool things is that 
These researchers will often use flow state to study intrinsic motivation because flow state is like the epitome of intrinsic motivation. Okay, hold on. Let me let me cite it or let me read it directly so I don't butcher it. Okay, flow refers to experiential states of total absorption, optimal challenge, and non-self-conscious enjoyment of an activity. So we're totally in, absorbed in it, and it's the optimal challenge. They talk about this a lot. Having the right level of challenge is part of what helps us get into flow state. So researchers who study intrinsic motivation, not all, but a lot, um, have this overlap with flow and flow state because flow state, when we're in a state of flow and we're just enjoying the process of what we're doing, we're totally absorbed in it. It's challenging to the right degree. And we're not, we're not thinking about, you know, we're not self-ruminating or self-reflecting. We're like in it. That is like, as best I can tell, the purest form of intrinsic motivation that I think we have as humans. Those are my words, not the words of the researcher. That's just my reflection. But it makes sense to me, right? That that would be like the purest form of intrinsic motivation. We're in it. We're in it. Like right now, recording podcasts. It's the perfect, I'm in, I'm I'm flowing. I'm flowing. (laughs) It's like the perfect amount of challenge to try and convey this stuff to you. It's so much fun. I'm totally absorbed in it. Now that I'm about to say self-rumination, of course, maybe I'll start ruminating about things, but for the most part, I'm not, (laughs) you know, and it's highly intrinsically motivating. So in order to sit down and record a podcast, there's no pulling my arm. I'm always into it. And I bring all this up because I wanted to highlight Another benefit of intrinsic motivation, aside from performance in goal pursuits, which when we think about motivation and discipline, I think that oftentimes that can be like one of the things that we really link it with is like in order to succeed at our goals and and achieving goals or achieving a certain outcome, whatever that outcome is, we need to be disciplined and have motivation and all this stuff. Um... And that, yes, you know, like that is one side of it. That's the performance side of it that, yes, definitely. But it's also just like simply more inherently satisfying to be broadly intrinsically motivated. And remember, like going back to what I was saying a minute ago, when we meet these three psychological needs, autonomy, competency, relatedness, then our self-determination is higher, and then we are broadly more intrinsically motivated across the board. And being intrinsically motivated is just simply more inherently satisfying than relying primarily on extrinsic motivation or like self-punishing discipline because it lends itself, like that flow state vibe is more readily accessible. I'm going to read some quotes from um, this paper that talks about like the neural correlates and like the neuroscience of intrinsic motivation. So I want to read a couple quotes from it where they're describing some of the characteristics of intrinsic motivation. All right, you ready? First, in its most experientially abundant state, 
Intrinsic motivation entails cognitive absorption and non-self-conscious enjoyment of an activity, aka, in like regular human speak, losing ourselves in an activity. And who doesn't love that? Like, it's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun. Okay, the second thing that they describe, second characteristic of intrinsic motivation that they describe. You ready? Okay. Second, intrinsic motivation is reliably associated with enhanced performance, cognitive flexibility, which we talked about last week, and deeper conceptual learning. So to me, this kind of paints the picture that when we, again, build up our self-determination and set ourselves up to just be like, to have like a higher baseline of intrinsic motivation for any challenge that comes our way, whether it's going to the gym or otherwise, the activities that we are are going to be intrinsically motivated to do are going to be more inherently rewarding. We're going to get lost in them a little bit more easily and like be in the flow a little bit more easily. We're going to perform them better. <laughs> and learn from them more. You know, it's like, it's a beautiful thing. To me, it's like a win-win-win. Which brings us to the last part of the podcast. So we talked about, let's let's take a minute to recap before we get into the last part, which talks about using movement and workout to cultivate intrinsic motivation. In, maybe increase our baseline intrinsic motivation is a good way to say it. So we talked about how this idea that like people talk about not relying on motivation, but instead discipline, but like, what does that really mean? And is that really possible? And by my personal opinion, (laughs) I think discipline is just a word that we can use to describe the experience of being motivated by something deeper that may not be outcome oriented, but is more related to everything we've talked about with self-determination. You know, if we're motivated to increase our self-determination and feel just like generally more capable as humans, that still motivation is just a deep one. You know, it's a deeper motivation that is unconditional. So regardless of our emotional state, regardless of how well we slept the night before or whether or not we've had coffee or whether or not we've had a good poop yet, (laughs) which is a thing, (laughs) just calling it like it is, regardless of the conditions, there's this deeper motivation that relates to our sense of being capable in our own lives. And when we're motivated to cultivate self-determination, to me, that's where this concept of discipline kind of gets born out of. It's, some, it's just a motivation for something deeper. So then we talked about self-determination, which is the process by which we feel that we can like control our own lives and have a sense of authorship and agency over our own lives. And in order to have a high sense of self-determination, We need to have three psychological needs met. Autonomy, having the sense of control over our life, at least to a certain degree. 
not 100%, but at least a little bit. Competence, feeling capable and competent. And relatedness, feeling socially supported in our pursuits and our endeavors. And then went down the rabbit hole on how working out can help, or at least in my own personal experience, how it helped me to meet these three psychological needs, which increased my self-determination, which in turn increases broadly our intrinsic motivation to simply rise to challenges, period, because we feel more capable as humans. When we feel more capable, challenges are more fun, and we want to engage them more because it's more fun. (laughs) And then we briefly touched on the other benefits of intrinsic motivation outside of performance, which is basically flow state, that enjoying challenges and, and just for a hot second, actually, I want to just like pause for a second and provide a little bit of a definition to the word challenges because it can bring up, I think, at least like, I know in me sometimes it brings up ideas of like hard shit, <laughs> hard challenges, maybe things that involve like negative emotions and, you know, like, rah, but even little challenges like... Can I get out the door on time today? <laughs> or can I figure out how to like make reels that other people think are funny and not just me? Or can I figure out how to optimize my sleep so that my sleep gets better? Like all these little little things that are quandaries. You know, they're just like interesting quandaries that life presents us with all the time, like multiple times a day. They're fun. They're projects. They're interesting. They're the spice of life when we feel capable. When we when our self-determination is low, they're problems. You know what I mean? They're problems. They're obstacles. They're a pain in the ass. <laughs> they're too much. The world is too much. But when our self-determination is high and we're generally intrinsically motivated to engage the challenges of life, It's fun. They're projects and it's interesting. And our performance is better. Our sense of getting lost in the process is better. Our sense of enjoying the activities is higher. Things are better. Life is better. (laughs) Okay, cool. So that brings us to the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is how can we use movement and working out physical challenge to cultivate intrinsic motivation. And this is like a lot simpler than it's going to sound. I just needed to name this section that because I think like that would be the next question that I would have in my brain if I was the listener. (laughs) It was like, okay, cool. All that makes sense. How can I apply it? How can I do it? You know what I mean? But the truth is, if you just keep doing it, if you just keep showing up to the process and doing it with an awareness of like your wins, basically. Like, oh shit, I'm lifting heavier. Oh man, like I can do this, you know? Like, oh yeah, this is like, with like I can do this. With that reinforcing kind of self-talk, that would be the main thing I, I would say actually, is like that reinforcing self-talk. Like instead of, ooh, oh, this is a good one. Taking a, taking a set to failure. So 
We talked about this a little bit last week, that getting to that place of failure, that's the good part, you know? Instead of beating oneself up in their head, oh man, I was supposed to do 10 reps, I only only did nine, and then my muscles absolutely gave out and I couldn't do it, fuck. Instead of that being like, hell yeah, I just got, I just found my way to failure. Look at me, ho ho. And like, maybe it's like, and I lifted five pounds heavier than I did in my last session. Bitch, what? You know, so like noting these wins for ourselves is, is the best way, is the best way to cultivate this intrinsic motivation, at least in my experience. This is just personal, you know, learnings that I'm passing on <laughs> in this red hot minute. Um, that taking note of our increased competency and our sense of like, oh shit, I can do this. Taking note of the fact that maybe we feel a stronger sense of control and agency over our lives because we decided to like get up and go to the gym, you know? Or do we decided like, you know what? I wasn't feeling it, but I fucking did it anyway. And I'm the master of my fate, whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Just taking, just noticing all that stuff. And as you keep walking the path, it kind of works its magic on yourself. Like it works its magic on you. And you just have to show up and keep doing the things. So it's not so much like, what do we need to do as individual humans to cultivate intrinsic motivation through movement and physical challenge? It's really more like, this is a natural byproduct of approaching physical challenge from the mindset of everything that we talked about last week. It's a natural byproduct. And as it keeps happening, as you keep going, over time, the self-determination builds up. The process becomes enjoyable in its own right. The baseline intrinsic motivation raises, rises, (laughs) and voila. So hopefully this was helpful. I'm so glad you tuned in. I love you so much. Uh, Definitely hit me up if you have questions, requests, all the things. I'm having so much fun creating podcasts for each of your DMs specifically. So keep sending them and I'll keep recording stuff. And like I said at the beginning, I am going to do, I think I'm going to do a series over the next like several weeks maybe that lays out some of the skills and know-how that I've been mentioning when it comes to like muscle gain and fat loss for those who are curious um, because it is super empowering to know. And I think it would just be a really good resource to have and to be able to reference later on. So I'll probably be plopping those out into the world. So if you have any questions about that or if you've struggled to build muscle or burn fat in the past and you want help with that, or if you have any other type, like I'm probably going to do one on like mobility and stability, joint stability and all that stuff because that shit's so fucking important. So if you have any questions on any of that, hit me up and I will wrap that into the fold. I love you so much. I hope you have a fabulous day. If you liked this, share it with someone you love <laughs> and or head to iTunes to subscribe and write a review all the above is fabulous and I'll see you on the internet.